pre pre recorded from Chicago. It's did you bring earplugs? Slightly better. Uh, hi, everybody. And oh, wait, no, 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 no. Uh, sorry, we're supposed to be doing something else. Um, uh, shit. No, how, how does it go? Um, what does he say? Saturday Night Live? I don't know. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Did You Bring Earplugs? I'm your host, Julian Suga. Michael Roanhouse. Sasha and Jillian Van Overbeck. I thought it sounded like a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So, I mean, combined with the fact that Don Pardo unfortunately has left this, this mortal earth, <laughs> and for the fact that it is a little, you know, vibratus, vibratoy, you know, it, it's not. It's two shades away from ghost already. So you're you're fine. You're in the clear, Sasha. Everybody's Don Pardo impression. I give an eleven out of ten. Thank you very much for doing this. If you couldn't already tell, listeners, this is a very special episode of Did You Bring Earplugs? It's not that special. It's just a regular episode, but it's special to us because we all sort of love Saturday Night Live. I don't know. We have a complicated relationship. But today on Did You Bring Earplugs, we are talking about our favorite musical guests on Saturday Night Live. But before that, before that, folks, I'm going to drop a little bit more surprise on my co-host, and I'm going to say... I'm going to ask, what is the SNL character impression that you keep in your back pocket? And may I please hear it, please? Oh, God. Putting us on the spot. Jillian hates me. She doesn't like my personality. (laughs) Well, I'll I'll start us off. I I don't do a good Harry Carey, but it sticks. It's it's because all you got to it's like you got to just kind of put your your chin into your neck and like shake your head. And it's not, it's not good, obviously, but, you know, there's a physicality about the impression that, that makes it easy to, to pull off. Hmm. It has to be an impression of, like, another person. And, it, I, you know, what, whatever. <laughs> Just, like, an impression of an SNL character. It doesn't have to be a character that is an impression of a real-life person. Oh, okay. Hmm. Oh. I mean, I've imitated them all, but very poorly. Like... No one would say, oh, you know who does that impression well? Jillian. Those words have never left anyone's mouth. Let's hear your best worst one. Oh, God. Um... I can't even. I will remind you, listener, that both Jillian and Sasha have studied at the Second City, has produced a lot of uh, 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 their alumnus have, have gone on to many. Yeah, but that's, a, that's not. Mm. You, you're in oh. the lineage. I'll God throw damn. my hat in the ring here. Okay. Yeah, Mike. I grew up on Adam Sandler, so probably his uh, shitty impression. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How does he go? Oh, um, I think I have one now. I forget any of his sketches in Saturday Night Live, but you know the whole Zabadee, Zabadoo. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's acceptable. That's acceptable. Yeah. Now. There you go. Yeah, acceptable. Yeah, that's a good one. I. I'm I, I'm thinking of Amy Poehler's um, what is her name? Rick, Rick, Rick. Hey, Rick. Rick, yeah. Yeah. Rick, Rick. <laughs> oh, the like yeah. little sister character. Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah. I can't remember her name right now, but is it Karen? No, I don't no think idea. it's Karen. Oh, it's like Kelsey, Kelsey, or something like that. Like that. Hold on, let me look it up real quick. Mm. Yeah, that's like I used to. I would. I. I. I, I like. I don't know what I'm saying. I like saying things with a shriek, I guess. <laughs> ah, Mike? Boy, does she ever. Okay. <laughs> well, so while Sasha's looking up the name of that character, Jillian, you're still keeping us uh, on. Uh, on well, I guess um, if one really stuck out. Caitlin. Um, and it's Caitlin. Caitlin. I knew it was something with a K. All right. Um, Probably the Gail character that Kristen Wiig plays, where she's like, I just love surprises. I love surprises so much. And she, like, ruins the surprise every single time. Like, she, like, tries to hide, but then, like, breaks a window or, like, 
yeah. drops the surprise of work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah one I did often. And there's someone from my college who still calls me their peach because of it. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. adorable. Speaking of Kristen Wiig, actually, um, rich assholes. I used to kind of do the hip hip. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even her and her other character, where she's like. Me, so oh yeah listeners you can't see it right now but sasha is doing a very accurate um uh, playing with the, her her hair um yeah, yeah. again a physicality of the performance that is lost upon the podcast viewers unfortunately speaking of um saying things repeatedly in a shrill voice this is completely off topic but has anyone seen the video of arnold schwarzenegger doing lines from family guy no, cannot uh, say I have. I I explored um, in some detail Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, TikTok over this past weekend, <laughs> and he's he's become a, a real farm daddy, uh, and it's it's <laughs> lovely. And he's ninety nine percent vegan. Who saw that coming? Oh yeah, that's yeah, crazy. What's the other one percent. I wonder what what sneaks in there. Child yes. blood. Um, but we are not here to talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger's 99% veganism, 1% cannibalism. We are here to talk about our favorite SNL musical guests. And I feel like Jillian never goes first, so I'm going to point at you, Jillian. Wow. Just trust that I'm pointing at her, and I'm going to say you go first. Please share with us your favorite musical guest from SNL. I'm being attacked. Um, okay, so I had a hard one with this, hard time with this, because it's been a minute since I was like blown away away by a performance I cannot talk today um and then it hit me I remembered Maggie Rogers performance on SNL a few years ago um and it was notable for me because my friend Alex had been listening to her and telling me to listen to her for like months at that point and I was like yeah yeah, yeah. I'd heard Alaska and I was like oh that's good I just like haven't listened Mm -hmm. So like any of the other songs that she had put out at that point. And then he went and saw her in Milwaukee and like the next weekend she was on SNL and it was such a good, well, halfway really good performance. So the first, first song she sang, I believe was uh, light on. And that was not a good live performance. Mm -hmm. I actually felt really bad for her. It was kind of pitchy. Um, and obviously she's nervous. I mean, she's an up and coming performer. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she had even released the album yet. I think it was just like around the time that she was maybe about to release it a week later or something like that. Um, but I had like all this hope for her because I had heard so many like promising things. Um, but the second song she sang was Falling Water. And boy, oh boy, when I tell you I was blown away by that performance. I like haven't seen an artist so connected to their own music in a really long time. And it feels like she almost went on and did light on came back and was like, that is not what I'm capable of mm -hmm. and did the impossible, which is shook it off, shook off a subpar performance, got back out there and did some of the best work of her career. So would highly recommend she's wearing this like beautiful flowy thing Mm -hmm. all the movements as she usually does but i go back and watch that performance often and even when i saw her do it live i was like oh so good yeah, yeah. uh it, I, I did not know i i only watched the falling water performance and yeah i, I never would have guessed that um it was it was the the uh, second half of a of a what was originally a mediocre performance um yeah, yeah she's real weird which I dug the the song itself yeah. is it's it's fine it didn't it didn't you know hit me in the heartstrings too much it's it's a glorious uh, vocal performance on yeah. on Roger's part but um, yeah she's real weird and that's what I dug about the performance is like her her dancing is very strange um, uh, Rita and I uh, Rita remarked that she looked like a period which I totally dug um, <laughs> and and she she was barefoot throughout the whole thing which was yeah. just like which was great I was like oh she's comfortable she's comfy out here. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like a baby. Wow, that's <laughs> incredible. Yeah. But, yeah. but like a like a glorious, vibrant period, you know? 
Never had one. Couldn't. Yeah, I don't want that. Don't at all. Can't relate. Mine are all just violent. And, yeah. yeah. It's it's a it's a mythological being, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. She kind of reminds me of a like a baby Florence Florence Welch. I mean, she's not mm. that young, but like, I can see like the bare feet and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I can you know? I can hear the vocal parallel too. She she can hit those. Uh, not mm. high notes, but like she, there's, there's a, belt. a yeah, belt. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Way yeah. To it's not like a powerful belt. Mm -hmm. It's just supported. Well, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And she okay. does this thing that I normally hate in other singers, which is like, especially male presenting singers. Um, when they'll sing in their normal vocal range, like I'm talking right now, they'll sing like notes around here. And then they'll switch into falsetto and just like sing like some kind of whisper up here. And everyone's like, oh my God, wow, oh my God, listen to him. And then no, holy shit, he's a vocal icon. Yeah. Anybody can do that. Let me tell you, yeah. I'm going to write a book. I can do that. <laughs> yeah, no, my my bio is going to be called, um, I can sing and so can you. And <laughs> and it's not fucking hard. Yeah. Um, I I, re I realized the the falsetto falseness of falsetto when uh, I was I, I, block party had just come out with silent alarm and I did the falsetto part of um, oh, what is it blue whatever their first single banquet mm -hmm. and and everyone was like oh that sounded really good and I was like really because I was that was that was just me fucking around takes no effort yeah. and and honestly for as, for as much as I, I do believe that bon Iver, it was like an iconoclast or is an iconoclast and like has has mm -hmm. you know progressed the arena of indie rock i feel like he begat a lot of uh less than ideal vocal tendencies especially on, yeah. on behalf of um male mm -hmm. singers yeah yeah he he is a minor exception because he sustains up there for so long. Mm -hmm. And again, it's never very powerful. doesn't take a lot of support, but he does use enough air support for vibrato at the ends of phrases. And that's where I'm like, mm, okay. Mm -hmm. He knows a little bit about what he's doing or it just comes naturally to him. And yeah. then he does it well. Interesting. Yeah. I, I love this, 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 uh, I love when we get classically trained Jillian in the mix, you know? Oh, I, I love to be this version of myself. Thank you. <laughs> Cool. Well, uh, anything else you want to tell us about uh, Maggie Rogers' performance of Falling Water on Saturday Night Live? No, watch it. She looks like a period. <laughs> All right. Um, does anyone feel like going next? I guess I can go. All right, Sasha. So, um, I also kind of had a hard time with this. Um, but I think one of the ones that I had, I, I was really going back to like, the era that I was really watching it. And I feel like I was really watching it around like 2007 to like 2010 and like 2011, especially. And so I was just like kind of thinking back from that era. And I settled on Lady Gaga's first performance on SNL um, where she, I think it's her, well, it's the second performance of this, the episode, but it's her first time on SNL. Um, it's her performance of a medley of love game, bad romance and poker face. And then this like kind of improv little section. So the performance starts with Love Game and she's standing and she has this like metallic moving thing on. And it's funny because one of the comments that I saw on the YouTube video was, remember when that time when Lady Gaga invented um, polka stops? And it does actually look like on Pokemon Go, like the little like polka stops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that does. Actually pretty accurate, yeah. like a nerd, but like pretty accurate. And she would be a hotly contested gym. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so after this, she, she gets, she goes over to sell on the piano and it's, it's, it's funny. Cause that thing is so massive 
it's it's just kind of amazing that she can she could even move and sing in that thing. But like she like goes to sit down and she's kind of having a hard time sitting it's down, but she very gets awkward. <laughs> so much commitment. Like she just she gets on there and like like she pushes the thing up and then she like waves. It's very cute. Yeah. Um but yeah, like I we kind of see her break it down a little bit and she's doing all piano version of Bad Romance and Poker Face and then she is talking or singing about like um, just kind of like her love for New York City and how she's like living her dreams and everything. So it's just like a really charming and sweet performance. And I think it's like the first time we really saw Lady Gaga as like a singer too. Yeah, as a musician. Yeah. Amazing. Like I, I, we're also focused on her weird clothes and her, you know, all of her shenanigans, but like, this is like the first time we really saw like a stripped down version of her. And I just think it was like, for me, like that personal touch was really like something I feel like I've never really seen before in an SNL performance. And yeah, it's just, it's just very charming, very sweet. And I almost, I was actually like, I was welling up a little bit actually like towards the end of it. And I think I, even before that I had, had really gotten a little emotional because at the time I just fucking loved her. I still do, but I think at the time she was, that was like her heyday, you know, like this, she really blew up and um, this was back in like 2009. So yeah, I mean, um, great performance. And she also does like a couple sketches. I think she does one with Madonna um, for like a deep house dish. I think that's what that sketch was called mm -hmm. that they used to do with like Keenan and Andy Samberg. Um, and then she does like a, a, she's like doing a, wearing a bubble dress and Andy Samberg is also wearing the bubble dress. It's yeah. like a, <laughs> a little, like, you know, sweet little sketch, yeah. but yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, it's, it's interesting what you say about shenanigans, right? Mm -hmm. Because <clears throat> if, if I had my druthers, we would have, uh, we would have cut to a black stage, a single spotlight would have come down and she would have already been at the piano. And the entirety mm -hmm. of the performance would have been her acapella just at the piano doing, yeah. doing a medley, basically doing, you know, improv, you know, that, that part was, was lovely. It felt yeah. so disconnected from the rings and, 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 and I, I, I don't know if she changes mics, but there's something there's like, there was like a distortion or something on the first mic that she's using when she's like, when she's doing like the pop vocal performance yeah. and, and like it, it sounded bad. But when she sits down yeah. at the piano, that like her vocals are a little cleaner and everything comes through a little a little bit cleaner. And it just yeah. like I felt like it should have been like let's do a crazy pop performance of the first one and then just have the second one be this this very affecting, very personal, mm -hmm. very grounded thing. Like if that's yeah. how you want to like debut that that side of yourself, because that like like you said that part was extremely moving and it was charming and we got to see a side of her that you know ha we hadn't really seen before. Um, but. It, <laughs> I, I was like, oh, my God, it's going to hit her in the face because like there's there's one yeah. of the rings is right at forehead level. And yeah, and then at one point she's like trying to tip back and like yeah. she does it like pretty like effortlessly. But it's yeah. still like kind of like, oh, like precarious yeah. every time it moves. You're and, like, oh. and that that part where she's standing on that platform lasted for such a short time that it felt like. You know, didn't like, need it. Yeah, exactly. Almost, yeah. No, I agree. Like, I, I don't even remember the first performance of that episode that she did. Like, I don't remember what song she sang. But yeah, I think it would have made sense if she just stuck with like one, you know, yeah. one of her popular poker poker face, whatever bad romance I think had come out, like was about to come out or something, and then just did that. I agree. Like, I think it. I mean, it. You know. It's Lady Gaga. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> I think now she definitely would have done something like that. Yeah. Like, I feel like she's definitely become like more quote unquote sophisticated or whatever. And she's done a lot of like, you know, classic music. Like she's worked, done stuff with, like Tony Bennett and stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. So like she's become this more like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like not quite, she's not, all for the shenanigans anymore yeah like, right mm -hmm. right yeah and, and that's really what it felt like is like it felt like she still had to be beholden to this like crazy pop star image when mm -hmm. you know like i think i think people would have embraced just a, a totally. down vocal. but i think that's definitely when we saw like a shift because i feel like she did start to become a lot more like uh seeing about like i mean after that we had like born this way as you're seeing a lot more about like issues like real issues yeah. and stuff so yeah 
and, and being more like having, she has like a foundation and stuff. And, you know, yeah, it's just like, that's when we really started to see her change. But yeah, it did give us a, a remarkable piano performance uh, uh, hemmed in by concentric rings that were thre- <laughs> threatening to cut off a limb at every turn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, those things look sharp, man. Because yeah. you imagine you put an arm out and then they cross and it's like, well, you, you don't have that arm anymore. Yeah. I, w- I wonder how many Gaga stand-ins they lost in rehearsals. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. Alrighty, anything else to say about Lady Gaga's uh, medley improv thing? It's it's nice. I think if you wanted to skip to that part, I would. It's it's really nice. Yeah, for sure. All right, from one sort of inexplicable SNL performance to another, Mike, I need you to go now because I have a very specific question about the performance you chose and it has very little to do with the performance itself, but... Why don't you, why don't you uh, tell us about your, uh, your, your favorite performance? <laughs> yeah, so uh, my performance I picked uh, was the song Blue Moon by Beck. actually his first single off of the album morning phase mm-hmm. um i did a lot of research on this and honestly you know like i there were a few runner-ups that were close but um beck's performance was just was so solid um on this on this episode back in 2008 um the the song blue moon um was definitely one of my favorite tracks off of the album um the the verses are quite melancholy but the track has some upbeat elements to it during the bridge. Um, there's some nice mandolin and harmonizing mm-hmm. vocals that add a lot of you know depth to it. The the verse is relatively catchy. Um, other than that, I didn't have like any particular reason that I picked it as like my favorite performance. Other than it was just a really solid performance. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it wasn't anything that got them kicked off of performing on <laughs> SNL or anything crazy. Um, but I just, I, I thought this was a good album. I know it has some mixed reviews where, you know, Beck, his career really is just essentially performing uh, genre bending or just putting out genre bending albums and, and kind of pushing the envelope for indie rock and uh, things of that nature. So when this album came out, it was, you know, I think it's a solid folk rock, folk rock album that's, um, it just was kind of overlooked or people were were looking for something more or different that it just at the time, I guess, didn't really fill the, the role. But um, looking back, I, I think if people revisit the album, they uh, would be pleasantly surprised. Gotcha. I like, I like the second song that he performs on that episode a little more. Wave. Yeah, that, that, song well, that so one's beautiful. heavier. That yeah. song's so beautiful. Sorry, what is it called? Wave. Wave. Uh, mm. So I have a question. It's one simple question. Why was Father John Misty there? He was? Yeah. He's one of the back he's one of the rhythm guitarists. What? He's over Beck's left shoulder. I love when that happens. And his face is there. And I'm like, what are you doing there, Father? Why are you there? Okay, so okay, because because so listening to Blue Moon, not knowing anything about it, I'm like, this sort of sounds like a Father John Misty track. Father John Misty, who is known for writing songs, who, 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 who you know, who has, who has forged a career not only as a solo artist, but, you know, also writing songs for other people. Um, he wrote a song for Lady Gaga that he that she, you know, rejected and he later recorded himself. Um, but he's just there in the background with his fucking face. And I'm like, what are you doing here? So I looked it up and I was like, oh, he must have written he must have written this. Um, did not write the song, did not produce the album, has no credits on the album, was just there. It was almost as if Beck was just like walking into Studio 8H and he just happened to be there. And he was like, Father, do you want to you want to jam? You want to you want to mm-hmm. you want to get up on the stage? Do we'll do we'll sing. Um, and it, it, 
his face is very distracting. He has sort like Misty. He has sort of a very severe face in a lot of ways. And Beck Beck looks like a skinny fifteen year old boy. In a, in, is this? In a I'm sorry. Bit. Is this the bucket hat era of Beck? Yeah, I think so. Uh, he's still uh, he's in the era now. I think he's still in it, but was it debuted during this time? Probably. I feel like yeah. it was more yeah. of like a in the picture. Yeah. Was it a bucket hat or was it sort of like a long brimmed like? Is that a bucket hat? My hat terminology is not where it should be. Please forgive me for this. When I think bucket hat, I think like Gilligan. It's... Oh, I see, I see, I see. This, I think this is the this is the like Kentucky Derby hat era of Beck. No, he looks like an Amish man. <laughs> like an Amish boy. Can we? Yeah. Can, can you meet me halfway on that one? <laughs> a, a tween, an Amish tween. Yeah, an Amish tween. Okay, perfect. Oh my God. Um, did I not notice that? Yeah, how did you? Because oh, like I just was not paying attention. You, you, well, yeah. I guess I wasn't even really watching. It. <laughs> I was just listening to it. So yeah, I was. I I became momentarily obsessed, but then after not, I, I googled you know initially Beck Father John Misty, and really nothing. There was one article that was like, yeah, he was he performed with Beck on Saturday Night Live. No one knows why. To this day. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. extremely distracted, but yeah, solid song. Oh, the songs are from Joanne. Yeah, it's a she forever it's a forever mystery. We'll never know, Julian. Yeah. We'll never. Is it a forever misty? Uh-huh. Ooh, wah, 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 wah. Mm, misty. <laughs> I don't know. Oh boy. Uh, no, I, 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 I'll be very honest. I thought that's why you picked it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Could have just picked his performance on us. No, it was yeah. just a happy accident yeah. for that reason. All right. All right. Sounds good. Uh, any final words you would like to share with us about Beck's performance of Blue Moon on Saturday Night Live? No, just check out the album Morning Phase. It's pretty good. All righty. Uh, so I will close us out talking about Kendrick Lamar's performance of the song I, that's lowercase I, um, uh, in November of 2014. Um, this is a song that would later appear on his third album, To Pimp a Butterfly. Um, yeah, it's... I, I sort of had the same thought process that, that you and uh, Sasha and Jillian had where I, I, I wanted to find a performance that had I caught it on the actual broadcast w- w- like would have gotten me out of my seat because it, it does feel like for the past however many years they've, they've played it very safe. Um, mm-hmm. in, in reviewing a lot of lists of like the top SNL performances, a lot of them are very controversial performances. Um, mm-hmm. There's one list, I think it might have been Rolling Stone. It definitely included this performance, but the performance by Fear, uh, NYC punk band Fear, that got them permanently banned. Um, yeah. The the performance by The Replacements is on, is off, often on those lists that got them permanently banned. Sinead O'Connor's mm-hmm. performance, where she ripped up the picture of the Pope, uh, it makes all of those lists. Um, <clears throat> but... Really, I, I, I wanted to find something that was, that was a little more personal, that, you know, spoke to my music tastes. And uh, it, it took a while, but I stumbled upon this performance and was absolutely blown away. Um, it, it, uh, yeah. it's, it's a reworked version of the song. And uh, the, the sparseness of the SNL setup can sometimes be a detriment to the performers. Um, one of Kanye's performances from the 808s and Heartbreaks era, I remember loving a lot because he really added a lot to the performance and he really made it his own. Um, but this is the opposite of that. It's literally Lamar in a t-shirt and I think like some slacks and some very nice loafers. Um, just, just doing the song, like the backing band is mostly in shadow. Um, and it's fucking like electrifying. Um, yeah. He just, it feels like there's like lightning just like coming out of his sternum, just like, like, like exuding out of his veins. He's like twitchy and he's just moving the whole time. And he, he he's, uh, you know, when there are instrumental breaks, he does that sort of like crouched walking dance that he does in the King Kunta video. Um, 
uh, oddly, very oddly, he's wearing blackout contact lenses, so you can't see his pupils. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very creepy. I don't know why he did it. I love it. Um, and I, like, if you've, if you've heard the song, it's like a very like joyous celebratory song. Um, it's about like self love and, and community and things like that. <laughs> and, uh, he just fucking kills. Like I was exhausted after watching that performance just cause he's so, he's so energetic the whole time. And, mm-hmm. and he, and he like, pitches his vocals all over all over the place and like it's a it's a pretty fast song it's a pretty up-tempo song um mm. and i i think it's it's audacious to I, I mean i think the song had been in the public before that but it, there was no album version and i think it's audacious to 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 you know drop a song like that uh at, at snl i mean obviously it's a fantastic song so he was probably mm-hmm. very confident in it but um yeah blew, blew me away i uh, honestly i wish that that would have been one of those performances that uh you know, had I been watching the episode, it, it just it would have it would have woken me right up. The mm-hmm. only thing that sucks a little bit is that Woody Harrelson calls him my man as he's inter- introducing him. I'm like, Woody Harrelson can't say that, Woody. Just because you were in a, song, a movie about basketball Woody. doesn't mean you're allowed to say that, Woody. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. I like Woody Harrelson. I just need him to not say that. I need him to go back in time and slap his, <laughs> his younger self and be like, don't do that. Don't do that. Just call him. Just be like. Kendrick Lamar. You have to say my man, like fucking Jason Momoa and fucking uh, DC Avengers, whatever that movie was. Um, <laughs> did you see that one? It's a big meme on Twitter, but and I can't remember who the actor is. I think it's the guy. Daniel Craig. That, yes, he's like, ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a Twitter. They post it literally every, every day, every Friday, like every time. <laughs> And somebody, but somebody made another version of it where they posted it on today, and it was just, ladies and gentlemen, the week, the week. and it caught up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what? What is what is the what is the energy behind it? It's low. It's low oh. energy. The week. So defeated. He's like, ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Like, doesn't seem to be a fan of the weekend. No, I think he's supposed. He's trying to give off a vibe of like. Humboldt, like, can you believe yeah. the weekend? Uh, you know, ladies like, and gentlemen, the weekend again. Can you believe it? You know, yeah. but instead, it's like, ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Yeah, yeah. it's like a shrug. Yep. You know, it's great. You know it. I don't even know. I need to say it. The weekend. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love that performance too. Yeah. Um, I feel like Kendrick is really great at like. He does so many like electrifying performances. Yeah, I you know, mean, like that, you know, that performance on Ellen. Like we I, hate Ellen, but just yeah, exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, of uh, these That's walls. Yeah, yeah, amazing, oh, amazing. Yeah, his band killed it too, though. Definitely. Yeah. Shout oh. out to his drummer. His yeah. drummer's phenomenal. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and and I mean, again, very high energy song, and you know, makes mountains out of molehills with with just that that tiny little stage. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, I, this is something that we haven't addressed, but I I, I think props to any artist that can make themselves sound good in studio 8h because mm-hmm. the the audio setup is just not set up for music it's set up for vocals yeah. um totally and you, you get you get virtually no bass it's all treble it's all mid-range and high range like it, it they, people sound bad usually just yeah. they sound bad yeah they do um, it's, and unfortunate i remember after lana del rey's relatively disastrous debut people yeah. were like a She's very young. B, she's very green. Three, no, C, what was I doing? <laughs> Letters and numbers. Like, shut up. D slash four, SNL sucks for, for performance, and she has a very bassy voice. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So Did I remember, I was thinking, I was actually thinking of, of that, like, bad performances or just performances that just didn't sound good. And, like, when Sleigh Bells was on, oh, my God. Sleigh Bells played SNL? They did. They did like wow. the My Real episode like years ago, no. and like they were not made for that stage mm-hmm. at yeah. all. It was so bad. Like and I felt so bad for them because they they are like a fun, energetic band. Like and their mm-hmm. music is fun to like dance to, and it just it did not fit. Yeah, they were all. probably blowing out all of the monitors. Yeah, oh, it was a disappointment. That's rough. But, yeah. No. Well, folks, that's going to wrap up our discussion of our favorite musical guests from Saturday Night Live. Uh, Before 
we get into everybody's favorite segment. We have some listener mail. Oh my god! From everybody's favorite, Fandy Andy. God, I love him. Andy writes, Andy. Hi, folks. Just finished the Hometown Heroes and another fantastic episode in the books. You're all so wonderful, smart, and kind. You sound like the type of people that would lend you a video game indefinitely, let you borrow a book by Amy Poehler, host a birthday party for your dog, or bake special cookies for your friends. What, what a fantastic group. I'm from a small town in North... Uh, uh, sorry, I'm from a small town north of Pittsburgh, so I'm going to claim Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh as my hometown. There is a decently famous band called The Clarks that often does, uh, does county fairs and charity shows throughout the city. They've really embraced being a Pittsburgh band. Uh, they're actually really good, and I would recommend them. Uh, he recommends some songs here, which I'll include in the show notes. And he says, P.S. My mom also loves On Eagle's Wings. She just thinks, <laughs> <laughs> she just thinks about her three boys growing up and the waterworks start. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. gosh. I love that all our moms love that song. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, thank you, Fandy, for being our number one Andy. Uh, keep those emails coming. And if you would like to write to us, dear listener, you can do so at dybepod at gmail.com. I will say it once more at the end of the episode. But before that happens, as we do every week, we've got some songs to recommend in a little segment we like to call Songs. Uh, for you, for week. your week. Let's go in the same order. Jillian, what is your song for our listeners? We. I've got two this week. I know I told you only I only had one, but I've got what? two. So everybody stand back. Yeah. All right. Okay. So my first one is obviously Like I Used To by Sharon Van Etten and Angel Olsen. My God, what a collab. What a vibe. Have we been waiting forever for this? Yes. Did they deliver a thousand percent? Yes. These are two artists that I love independently and together, obviously. But there's one thing that holds them together in my mind. Like whenever I listen to a Sharon Van Etten album, I usually gravitate to an angel one next. And it's because I hear a theme of one of my favorite artists of all time in both of their voices, and that would be Bruce Springsteen. You don't <laughs> yeah, hear that in their sure. voices. What are you doing? The, the you know, it's it's the everything about Sharon Van Etten's voice, which is like yeah. <laughs> smoky, low timbre, and then it's like yeah. elongated straight tone into a little bit of vibrato at the end that just like teases you into the next phrase. I love that. But somehow when you listen to that song, Angel Olsen's voice is such a sharp contrast to Sharon Van Etten's. Yes. It is so silvery. It's so bright. Mm -hmm. For even having a similar style, when you listen to them together, it's like, oh, my God, no, they're not replicas of each other. They're so freaking different. But how can two artists like that who are so, so different come together and have, like, such a an influence that they they take away similar characteristics from yeah. so it's always um, a mind-blowing thing for me to observe and this song is really incredible i think it's very i hate to use this word but for lack of a better epic like it builds so well i think it's, it's badass but I, I think it's badass just to use another yeah. you know word that is overused yes yeah. it like it's got that 1950s like step touch that they both like to use in their more upbeat songs. Um, so that's perfect for both of them in that collaboration. And it's a lockdown song that like if you read the lyrics and everything, yes, definitely a lockdown song, but also can be can carry so many other meanings, which I really love personally. Um, and I just re read an interview with them 
Um, I can't remember what the publication was, uh, but Angel said that she realized too late that she wanted to change one of her lyrics for it um, as a fun little nod. And Sharon Van Etten found out in that interview and she's like, oh my God, what did you want to do? She's like, well, we had already recorded the final track. It was already edited and ready to go. I wasn't going to come back oh, no. and say, let's re-record it. <laughs> but the lyric is, um, shut up and kiss me like I used to, which is a nod to her own song. Yep. Um and Sharon Van Etten said, okay, we're definitely going to do that live. So nice. super ah! cool. Really cool. Um, um, all together. Yes. They're super, super good. Yeah. And, uh, so um, just, just before we get off that topic, I, yeah. and it pains me to say this, in, in compare, like when set against Sharon Van Etten's performance in that song, Angel Olsen's vocal performance in that song strikes me as a little treacly. There's just something about it that I find slightly grating. And mm -hmm. the thing that bugs me, not bugs me, but that like makes me ponder is that Angel Olsen has a, a, a wider variety of vocal modes that she can exist in, right? Sharon Van Etten mm -hmm. is, is usually very consistent. She can shout, and but she has a usually very consistent style. Yeah. Angel Olsen has a lot, a lot of different modes that she can sing. And she has her like yodely voice. She has her rock and roll voice. She has her Good very point. soft voice. And the performance that she chooses in this one is a little, it strikes me as a little odd. It's just a little odd. I love the song. I love, have you seen the music video? Holy shit. Yes. It's, it's gorgeous. The yeah. lighting, the, the, it's all, it's, it's chef finger kiss. Yeah. I just, there's something about she, it. That was, that was a fingernail on my ear a little bit. That's a really good point because she does have multiple modes and I feel like she picked the wrong one yeah. for this song or not the best one. I don't want to say wrong, but she definitely has a couple others that would have fit this tune a little bit better. Yes, I agree. But yeah. again, gorgeous track. Incredible watch, song. Watch the music video a million times. They serve so many looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're so good. All right, what's that second pick, Jillian? Ladies. Second pick is this artist that I'm recently so obsessed with. Her name is Joy Oladakun. I hope Ooh. I'm saying that right, Oladakun. Yeah. Can you spell that for me? Um, O L A B O K U N. Okay. First name Joy is in the feeling. Sorry, Maggie's climbing on me. Hi, Maggie. Hi, Maggie. <laughs> Special guest birthday. appearance, Maggie. Van Overbeck. <laughs> the good girl. <laughs> A very good girl. Okay, thank you. Hi. Um. So I can't remember how I found this artist already. Oh, it was because um, Muna was featured on uh, a list of like queer artists. And this artist was also in that same slide deck on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, and she had a really cool look. And so I was like, oh, I wonder what her music sounds like. And spoiler alert, it's great. I love everything she makes. Um, my... It's so hard to pick a song to recommend from her because all of them are amazing. But I think Sober, the song Sober is really incredible. Now that I'm sober, my temperature's a little colder. I see it clearly now, only fell for you. Cause I was young, dumb and broken. I hate being sober. My hands are shaking and the night's alone. I put my body and myself through hell for you. Why does it hurt that it's over? I've been drunk for three years and 15 days. Um, and there's two versions of it, like the original version, which is like kind of a bop. And then the acoustic version that I heard the first time, which is like soulful and gorgeous and awesome. So I would recommend both of those. Dealer's choice on which one you want to start with. I would recommend the acoustic, then going into the original. But I'm just kind of becoming a diehard fan. So so we'll we'll rip the acoustic so for, for our listeners? For yeah. Okay, sounds good. Let's do it. Oh All righty. Two great recommendations. I can only assume not having heard the second one. Uh, Sasha, what is your song for our listeners? We Hello. So my song for our listeners week is a song called Blow Up by Aoife Nessa Francis. And Aoife is spelled... Uh, the Irish way. <laughs> yes, the Irish way. <laughs> my old 
<laughs> um, but yeah, the song comes from her 2020 album called Land of No Junction, which is actually her debut album. Um, I recently started listening to it um, after a couple of songs ended up on my Discover Weekly as you know, I feel like I've just, this is the only way I've been finding music these days. Um, but you know, two really solid songs um, popped up on my Discover Weekly from her. So I finally listened to the full album and it's really, really good. Um, she kind of reminds me of like Wise Blood or Bedouin or like mm -hmm. even Kate LeBon. Um, she has like a very lovely deep timbre in her voice. Um, and there's kind of like some folky psych-ish vibes um just really really love the vibes of, of all her songs um so this song in particular was written a few years before ireland had legalized abortion and so it kind of represents the frustration of being treated lesser than a man um and so and also sort of having this anxiety about maybe not being good enough or making it impact in some way or at least that's how i interpreted it um but yeah it's a really good really really good song um yeah with some inter interesting arrangements yeah like some interesting like string sections mm -hmm. and, and stuff um yeah really good nice uh michael michael yeah so my song for your week is the song whirl by soft kill which is off their, I believe, 2016 album, Choke. Um, it's an electronically driven post-punk song. Um, as always, the lyrics are very depressing. They're about <laughs> someone who uh, is essentially a grifter. They've lost their way. Um, but the song is just really, uh, you know, like I said, it's electronically driven. It's it's just really catchy. Um, and the, the whole, like the whole album, Choke, is, is pretty solid. Um, but th this track definitely sticks out to me uh, as the, the best of the album. So, uh, again, that's Whirl by Softkill. Yeah, post-punk as fuck. It's, it's very, <laughs> it's very uh, makes me think of black and white and a rainy day. Um, so, originally, I was going to recommend the song Narrator by Squid. But as it clocks in at more than eight minutes and is a bit arduous and we are getting into summer, I thought I would recommend something a little more summery. So I'm hitting the default button and I'm going to recommend Savage Good Boy by Japanese Breakfast, a song Hell that comes yeah. in at under three minutes. Michelle, you know how to write a pop song that gets in, gets out, and I fucking appreciate you for it. Obviously, Japanese Breakfast is the project of Michelle Zahner. Uh, Zahner said of this song, uh, this is a quote from Genius, Savage Good Boy came from a headline I read about billionaires buying bunkers. I was interested in ex uh, examining that specific type of villainy, and I found myself adopting the perspective of a rich man coaxing a young woman to come live with him underground, attempting to rationalize his almost impossible share of greed and miserliness, which <sighs> is like... To read that and then write a song as like bubbly and strange yeah. as Savage Good Boy, boy, Michelle, your brain, it works great. It works yeah. so good and I love it. More importantly, there is a music video out that acts as a sort of a prequel to the music video for uh, Posing in Bondage. Yeah. More importantly than that is it features Michael Imperioli, 
looking like a salt and pepper desert daddy, which is a term <laughs> that Rita and I came up with for the way Oscar Isaac looks in the Dune trailers. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Yes. Oscar Ooh. Isaac. Boy, He's on my list. Oh boy. Mm. Uh, it's a very fun video. It's just like just art directing that shit must just be the most fun in the world. Um, it's just such a fun, strange song. It starts out with this weird auto-tuned cartoony voice and then it comes into the song again. It's just it's she's distilled the more indie rock tendencies of her first two albums into mm -hmm. just the most concise concentrated delicious little little bop um and it's about something which is so pleasant and refreshing um michelle i fucking can't wait to see you um going to be incredible gosh oh, darn it it is three perfect songs like ugh. and so yeah. so different like all of them yeah yeah mm -hmm. very different <sighs> Mm -hmm. it's amazing I'm, I'm getting a little too excited just thinking about it folks that is going to do it for this episode of did you bring earplugs as always our theme is brought to you by josh stanley of the band modaf you can listen to them at modaff.bandcamp.com uh I will remind you that if you leave us a five-star review on iTunes, I will sing it to the tune of a pop song of your choice. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at DYBEpod. And once again, please, please, please write to us at DYBEpod at gmail.commercial. Uh, what, what was the last full episode of SNL that anybody watched? Like, it was last Broad, weekend. I watch it every single weekend without fail. It was Anya Taylor Joy hosting. Oh, I heard it was good. <laughs> oh yeah, I heard it was good too. And Lil, and Lil, Lil Nas X, right? Yeah, Lil mm -hmm. Nas split uh, his pants. I, I, yeah. He split his pants. Oh. Ooh, did, did you, no, it was accidental. Okay. Did you but see any? He, he pulled it off well though. Yeah. That performance was something else. Yeah, that I, was definitely I, the best performance SNL's ever had for sure. The game. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like, so well, gay. I loved it. Nice. I know what I'm watching tonight. All right. Uh, wow. I didn't. I didn't know that, Jillian. That that's that's some that's some dedication because there there have been some real slogs of episodes. Every ex partner of mine knows what it's like to wake up on Sunday morning with me and immediately watch last night's episode. It's yeah. intense. Even in the worst episodes and the worst seasons, I got to watch every single one. That's that's your church. That's Jill, that's Jillian's. My church. That, yeah. God rested yep. on Sunday, and then he you know put on pajama pants and he watched SNL. And he morphed into Lauren Michaels on Saturday night. <laughs> and he was like, get me popcorn. Like, he, he likes popcorn. Anyway, uh, folks, until next time, stay safe. Take care of each other. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Ima. <laughs> Darn. Clear. <laughs> <laughs> Nar. Oh my god, Jillian, I was distraught after we recorded the episode where you recommended a song by Bachelor and you mm -hmm. didn't say Bitchla. The Bitchla. The Bitchla. <laughs> it's the only thing aside from Ima, Ima. I can say. <laughs> In an Australian accent, I'm so bad at it. I can do a German accent all day long, and that gets semi-problematic. But man, <laughs> do I love butchering um, an Australian accent. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I just, you know, it was just a miss up, missed up. Beachla. Beachla. <laughs> Sorry, wheat. My hair's so wheat. It's G-Soma. <laughs> Peelhound.